Hey, hey, your backup plan tribe. If you are new here, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm just trying to get everybody to come on to our show. Welcome your backup plan tribe. I'm so happy to be here with you guys today. We have a very special guest today from Utah. I can't, I can't believe it. His story is extraordinary. It's, it's uh, a near death experience. Um, something that we always wonder, are there aliens? Is there life after death? What does that look like? And we're always curious. So we have a very special guest today. Um, all of my guests are just wonderful. I seem to always make so many friends from around the world, and this is no exception. Scott Drummond today is going to be our special guest with a very, very special inspirational um, story from his heart of his journey that he's experienced. Um, if you are new here, welcome. Welcome to our show. Please like, share, and subscribe. Down here in the corner, press that subscribe button. And please share it with your friends, family, and Facebook, Instagram, whatever you so choose. I would love to have that. Um, your backup plan app puts your life all in one place in case of any unpredictable circumstance while taking that painful aftermath out of a tragedy. What does that mean? It means that when something happens to you unexpected, it could be a wildfire, you have a five-minute evacuation notice, do you have your emergency kit? Can you grab your documents in five minutes? What about your photos? What about photos of your rooms in case anything happened? What about the shutoff valves? What about your will and all those important documents that you have spread in drawers and closets and filing cabinets and just everywhere you don't even know where they all are? Yeah, that kind of stuff. So that's what we're about on our show. I'm so glad to have you uh, on our show today. My name is Tina Ginn. And I am an emergency preparedness coach, a podcaster, of course, um, a financial expert, and an app developer of Your Backup Plan app. And I'm located here in beautiful Vancouver, BC. And I also have a best-selling uh, book called In the Blink of an Eye. Isn't that the truth? Things always happen, seem to happen in the blink of an eye, don't they? And so, yeah, it was a perfect perfect book for that, a perfect title for my experiences that I've had in my life. And so if you are new to our channel, we share real life stories, real life um, from real life people. And we talking taboo with Tina is actually kind of difficult to say. It's a lot of teas, but it's talking about real conversations, raw conversations that we share with our listeners. And it's it's beautiful. And why not? Why not do that? Because it gives us that inspiration and hope. Um, it gives us some insight in being better prepared for instances, perhaps in many different ways. It could be for your documents, it could be spiritually, it could be family relationship wise, it could be career wise. So I'm so thankful and blessed to be able to bring Scott Drummond on today. 
and I'll introduce him. Hey, Scott. Hello. I would like to give you an, a wonderful introduction from Scott Drummond, who comes to us as a retire, retired government worker um, for 16 years now. Um, our title this week, of course, is 20 Minutes After Death Experience. And for many, the question of what happens when we die is a mysterious one. From a recent survey found 55% of people are absolutely certain there's an afterlife. 37% are not certain, and 8% are certain there isn't an afterlife. Isn't that interesting stats? But for some who have been through near-death experiences, the question has a clear answer, and I'm sure Scott's going to share that with us today. Well, welcome, Scott. I'm so blessed and happy to have you on our show today. Thank you. Thank you so very, very much. And, and thank I would having me. Oh, it's it's a true pleasure, a true pleasure. And I'd like to start. Where does your story start, Scott? From what kinds? Where did it all begin for you? Well, <laughs> I guess from a, a very young age. Um, I'm 68 years old now. Um, my experience started when I was 28, but it started way before that really did. I I grew up like most people, you know, in a learning normal about, learning about life. And mine kind of changed a little bit. I in my younger years I played a lot of sports and so I kind of lived the the game of sport. And my my drive in life was to to be a professional ball player. And that was what I did. That's that's all I wanted to be in life. But as life went on and and my my career ended, I decided to get a job and take care of my family. Well, because that's no fun. Had, oh, it's okay. <laughs> I have four beautiful kids. We uh we, we kind of changed the way we were doing things a little bit. And but yet, as, a, as an athlete, you have a drive. And it's no different yeah. when you get into business. You still have that drive. And the drive is basically to, to, to have gain. It's just normal in the way of this world. And when I turned 28 years old and had this experience, I had to reevaluate everything that was going on in my life. And I'll tell you a little bit about the story and then I'll kind of back it up later. Sure. We, you know, I was with a, a friend of mine and we went skiing and I love to ski and have done it most of my life. And we were up at Park City and we were just having a good time. And I was standing in the lift line and, and one of the, there was a, a lady that was coming down and poles were going every which way and, and she ran into me in the lift line and it was okay. You know, we picked her up and she got back in the lift line and we kept on going. Well, I end up skiing the rest of the day 
And at the end of the day, I went to the car and I was taking off my ski equipment and putting it in the car and took off my glove. And my thumb was hanging straight down. And I knew, uh, knew I was kind of in trouble because when I got in the warm car and it started heating up, I started hurting. Yeah. Oh. And, so, and so we scheduled st- surgery and I went to the hospital and they, the doctor laid me down on the table and, and uh, put a sheet. It just uh, kind of went right over my, between my head and my shoulder, laid down on the table and he pulled my arm out and started working on my thumb. Well, they didn't have a, an anesthesiologist. It was, she was called away on another assignment. Oh. And so what they did is they caught, they did a, what they call a bear block. And it's a tourniquet that they put on your arm. And I don't know if I can show you here, but it was right here on my arm and it had two valves on it. And it's an inflatable tourniquet and they don't use them anymore because of the, I guess some of the problems they had with it. Well, when I, when they started the surgery, it was, it uh, was going well and things started getting a little tight as far as pressure on my arm. And so what you do is you have two valves and at first they're both tightened up. Well, she loosened up one of the valves and the other one stayed tight so that oh. the, the medicine would still work well on my arm. Well, while longer it started, the pressure started coming on again. And she, instead of tightening up the one valve and then loosening the second valve, she opened up the second one. And that's when I felt the medicine going up my arm, up into my chest and across into my heart. Now, I remember before this started, her telling the doctor that she had never done this procedure before. Because the neurologist had already always taken care of it. And the doctor says, I'll talk you through it because he had done it before. Now, like I said, I don't fault, fault this nurse. And I don't fault the doctor. It, uh, it's just something that, that happened. Right. Well, the next thing I knew, I, I had left my body. And I was sitting up above watching the surgery. And I was watching the doctor put stitches in my hand. I was watching him put my thumb back together. And I watched him take a, a, a some stuff out of my arm, uh, tendons out of my arms, and wrap it around my thumb. And I watched him put a screw in my thumb. And, and what was odd is I was standing, I was sitting up there watching this whole thing, but I wasn't alone. There was someone that was sitting next to me that I didn't, I couldn't see. They were sitting right next to me, but I couldn't see them. But I knew I wasn't alone. When did you have a feeling of who they could be? Did you feel? No, I don't. I, I, like I said, I never did see the person other than when they talked to me. uh, It was like I knew that voice. So whether it was somebody I knew previously or a guardian angel or however Mm -hmm. you say it, somebody was there with me. I I wasn't alone. And after watching the surgery happen for, and I'm not 
sure how long because there was no clocks, no time that I that you could see I knew about or I could see. Uh, the person next to me said it was time to go, and there was no question uh, in my mind that he didn't talk to me mouth to mouth. He talked to me through my mind. And in a twinkle of an eye, I went to a different place. And before I say what happened in this next place, from the time that I left my body, I was in total peace. Um, I don't know if you've ever felt peace before in your life, but this was a different kind of peace. It was a very calming, very like everything was okay. Um, safe. Feel safe. safe. Yeah, you were mm -hmm. safe. Uh, but when I went to the to the next place, I was standing in a field. And in this field was on my very far left was real tall trees. And it was the most unusual trees that I have ever seen. It was a long, long trunk on it, real tall, with just leaves up on top, which I, I've never, ever seen a tree like that. I mean, I'll recognize it when it happens again, I hope, but I've never seen a tree like that before. And then on my left, in between where the trees were and where I was, was beautiful, beautiful wildflowers. It was the most vivid colors I have ever seen. Now I'm a, I'm a gardener. I, I love planting flowers and doing vegetable gardens, and, but I had never ever seen that vibrant of colors in my life. And it's colors that I'll never forget because it would be something that I would like to create if I could someday. Those yeah, so, so beautiful, so yeah, beautiful, yeah. right? Really pretty. Now this, these flowers, wildflowers were probably up. Well, I, they, they looked like they were up around my waist area. So like a meadow, like a meadow, right? That would be. Well, I can't even say it was a meadow because it was an open field just with flowers, just tall wildflowers. But in front of me and then to the right, there were tall grass. And the tall grass was again, somewhere around my waist area. And I can remember the grass kind of flowing. Mm -hmm. It was it was so peaceful that it was a piece I can't really describe. It's a piece that I try to feel every day, but I, it's not the same, but I try to emulate it as much as I can. Mm -hmm. Because it just felt so perfect for you. It, it felt so good. Mm -hmm. It felt so good. Um, I sat there for a while and kind of looked at the beauties. What was so different about this uh, place that I was at is I could see a long ways to the left, a long ways to the right. I wasn't allowed to look back. And I could, I could see forward, but it was, there was clouds in front of me. And why, I, I don't know, but it was, it was, it was a cloud. 
And then all of a sudden I felt like I was, that person was gone that brought me to that, that place. That place. Yeah. Did you feel, did you feel other than the peacefulness, did you feel like warm air or like any other senses? Did you feel? No, it was, it was too perfect. It was, that was nothing to be concerned about. It was, it was just a good, good feeling. And at that time, when I felt that person not there anymore, I started watching a video of my life. And it started when I was born, all the way that, until I was 28 years old. And some things that I was felt good about, some things I did not feel too good about. But what it was is was real. Was it like on fast forward, like a fast moving no, video? I got I got to see it. It was pretty pretty vivid, everything that happened to me. And all the way up until I was twenty eight years old. And it was like you okay, the video was over. And like I said, some of it was good, some of it was not so good. But I there was no way to argue it. No. There was no way to talk to. It, what I saw was what it was. Mm-hmm. And I was, I accepted it. And I knew, I knew that I was dead. It was, a, it was a feeling like I was, well, first of all, I was instructed not to look back. Yeah. No, it was, I was to move forward. And after I watched the, watched that video, I, I knew I had to do better. There was something I, you know, I had to do better at something. I, I, I couldn't look back at what happened and know that I failed. It's just that I knew I had to do something better. Well, at that time when the video was over, I just kind of went, okay, whatever's next is next. And I stood up and and started walking forward towards that cloud. And I'll, I'll never forget that that uh, cloud because it was the most calming feeling all the way from where I watched the video of my life all the way to that cloud. That I knew that everything was going to be okay. You know, I, I, I judged myself. Nobody else judged me. I, I just judged myself. And then all of a sudden about uh, this much of an arm um, came through the cloud and I I went to reach for it. Uh, like a man's hand arm or a, a woman's? It was a man's arm and I remember I remember looking at that arm and thinking it looked like somebody that was a farmer or somebody that worked in construction had big arms. They were they were bigger than mine. And I'm I'm not a small man. I'm I'm 6'3, 260 pounds, and his arms were bigger than mine. Wow. And I, and I remember his hands were um were strong. My hands I felt like are are, are strong to me, but his hand his his hands were his fingers were a lot more meatier than mine. 
So I could tell that he was a very strong and had worked heavy work or done something that made him strong. But then I, as I went to, to grab that hand, uh, a voice came that says, it is not yet your time. You have more things yet to do. And that's a saying that I have never, ever forgot and never will because it was so pertinent to the situation and, and uh, so much of an issue at the time. Yeah, I, I don't know how to. I don't know how to explain it. Well, because but you're was, sitting there, you know where you're supposed to move forward, but you weren't sure what was next. So, I just was there. Yeah, and it was it was a twinkling of an eye that I was back in my body, and I uh, I did not want to come back. The feeling that, that I had was indescribable. Uh, when I came back into my body, the doctor uh, said that I had looked like I had a war going on in my body. Oh, because I was all over the table. And I, I told him uh, later when he, when we sat down and talked that I didn't want to come back. I, I felt like I came back because I was a very selfish person. Um, I had mostly everything that I, in life, you know, playing, I, I played over in Europe and played basketball and played college ball and basketball or baseball. And I've, you know, things were, I earned it, but it, a lot of things were given to me. Right. And, but one thing that I did not do is I could have been better to people and I could have been better to other, to people that, that helped me along the way. And I saw things that, uh, that I walked away from instead of helping people with. And I felt like that that was one of the reasons why I was sent back. Now, when they were wheeling me out of the, out of surgery, into the hallway, I had a paper on my chest. And on that paper that I had been, I had been dead for 20 minutes. My wife didn't know that I had died. Um, in fact, it was something that we didn't talk about for, for quite a while. Because I, I thought what had happened was, well, was, was surreal. Was, I, you know, how do you take something that I saw and try to share with somebody else. Yeah, how do you start explaining I, I, that? <laughs> I, I didn't know how to do it. And and to be honest with you, yeah. It took took a took quite a while for me to talk to my wife about it and and I shared it with her and I shared bits and pieces of it with my kids. But to talk about it with anybody else, uh, it wasn't on the wasn't on the be put on the table right what did the doctor say scott were they was he surprised oh he was he was shocked you know for for three days after the surgery he would come into the hospital room and talk to me and 
ask me questions and and who was that that you were talking to who was you you know who was you fighting with who was you know what was going on on that table and he was he was shocked when i told him about the stitches that he put in my hand and the and the ligaments that he, that he took out of my forearm and, and wrapped around my thumb and, and the pen. He says, you couldn't have seen that. He said, there was a sheet between you and me that you, could, you couldn't have seen that. And I, I told him, well, I did. I, yeah. I saw it. But I couldn't go into any detail with him because I, well, you know, wow. I didn't think I was crazy. <laughs> well, maybe I am a little crazy, but... But uh, needless to say, it took me, well, from 28 years old to 67 to to really come out and talk about this. And it was a, it wasn't really, wasn't anything that I had planned. I, we went, I have a friend here that his name's Wes and, and we were, we were talking one day and he, I was telling him, I'm not afraid to die. And he says, oh, everybody's afraid to die. And I says, no, I'm not. I I know that there's something after this. And I know that uh, if I do better in life, uh, maybe there'll be a better place for me. And that that was a year before he came back to me. In fact, it might have been over a year. And he, he came back and he says, you know, with this COVID thing happening right now he says people need some hope you know yeah. they they need to know what's kind of ahead of them and i i told him i told him no i said i i, I can't talk about it and finally i went back and and talked to my wife about it and she says well maybe the timing's right you know maybe it's time for you to say something maybe there's people that might need some hope or somebody that needs some peace of a family member dying or, uh, and I just kind of took it, took it at that. And then finally I said, well, I guess maybe I've held it inside long enough, but Mm -hmm. I, I live this every day. I mean, I, I see these things since I was 28 years old. I, I know the details in what happened and I'll never forget it. Um, something that I have tried to work on and, you know, each day is a different day. As you all know, Tina, mm-hmm. every day is different. We, what we do today, um, affects us for the rest of our lives it does and let it happen but make tomorrow a better day and something that i've done yeah it's strange but i i prioritize my life almost every day okay what happened yesterday you know what am i going to do today you know to make this better and i'm not perfect please don't please don't even think that I am just a regular person, but I I try to do better every day, hoping that I can maybe make a difference in somebody's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully maybe through this, I might be able to make a difference 
in somebody's life on your show. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask you because of your story, I had a very similar experience. My ex-father-in-law was passing away in the hospital, in the hospital room, and it was just him in the room. And there was about, about nine people sitting around his bed. And we were been there for about three days. And I couldn't seem to go in the room and stay in the room. I was too hot. I was sweating, literally sweat was pouring down me. And so I'd leave the room and I'd come back in and I was nice and cool out in the hallway and I'd go visit other patients in the hospital on the floor and I'd come back in and I would see him shake his head and he couldn't really talk, but he would mumble like he was talking to someone. And everyone else was sitting there with their coats on. And I kept saying to everybody, aren't you guys hot? Like I am drenched. I am so hot. And I didn't know what that feeling was like you because you you're in the moment and you, you're not really sure what you're experiencing. I've never experienced that before. And you could see him talking, but he wasn't talking to us. So that's similar to what I guess the doctor saw you doing. And then all of a sudden, when he died, the air of the cloud, it was like a cloud. It was like, it, it was like there was a cloud in the room and it just lifted. And then there was all of a sudden fresh air in the room and he left. And it was such a, it was such a different space of the tension of the energy and the heat in the room to it cooling off and it dissipating. It was truly magical. And I couldn't explain it either. I felt very much like you. People would think I'm crazy because they couldn't understand what I was happening. Like I knew the people from who he was talking to were there. And I'm sure they were trying to tell him he's okay. He can come, you know, you'll be fine. And he kept on, he'd shake his head every now and then and you'd see him talking. So he was chatting with them, obviously. But for me, I'm on the outside looking in. And I'm thinking, what the heck is going on? <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 bet you felt, I bet you felt that piece, though. Yes. Which is very, very real. It sure that is. Was, that, was a, that was a piece of love that was shared with you. Mm -hmm. Imagine that when you have it happen, you don't. Like everyone was getting mad at me because I was so hot and I couldn't help it. I, I just felt it. I, I could totally feel them all coming towards him saying, come on, it's, it's time for you to go. Come on, it's okay. And I just, I mean, I literally didn't see them and I couldn't, but I, I felt it. Mm -hmm. So it's that feeling that you can't seem to explain, right? I can totally understand. Did you feel the air difference? Like, did you feel it cooler or warmer or anything? Do you feel remember? 
No, because I was actually living the moment. It wasn't somebody outside looking in. Mm-hmm. It was actually just living the moment. Yeah. What a special uh, time for you. Yes. Yes, it was. It was special. Um, although I thought I was crazy at the time, like you. <laughs> 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 because it's so hard to explain. Uh, I mean, nobody explains that to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and you couldn't, you still can't figure out who that person was that was there with you. You just knew it was wrecking. I just, I just know that I, I recognize the voice. I'll never forget the arm. I'll never forget that arm. And I, you know, I'm a Christian and I've always believed, you know, that Jesus Christ would, would meet me when it was time. And, uh, that voice was so familiar. I, I don't know how to explain it other than it was a very warm and very calming voice. Um, I'll never forget that voice. Mm-hmm. I'll recognize it when the time comes again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess they're there to help us and guide us. And you were definitely being guided mm-hmm. to what you yeah. should be doing, whatever that I, is. I hope I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. All I do is just try to, I try to be a good person. And I think all of us, need to be kinder to other people. And, you know, during this time, you know, watching what's going on with the nurses and doctors and this COVID activity, I, you know, I'm not, I, I said this before in my video, I'm not the hero. These people are, are, are my heroes. Those first mm-hmm. responders are, they're heroes. They're the ones that help them. They, take care of them. They try to bring them back, you know, and, you know, you feel bad for those that are the long haulers, you know, that are having problems afterwards. And I was fortunate enough not to get COVID and I've had my shots. I'm thrilled to death that I'm fully vaccinated. Yay. Yeah, it is. It sure. It's a calming feeling. Mm -hmm. But even during that whole time, there was no fear. I, that's one thing I guess that I've, I've been blessed with is that since that time is I, I don't, you know, I don't get nervous about life. You know, what is supposed to happen to me is going to happen to me. And it's like anybody, it can happen at a blink of an eye. You know, we, we could be here, we could, we could leave our houses and walk across the street and get run over by a car. Yeah. You know, are we ready? Mm, no, but uh, we can try to be good to other people, though. And yourself? Yeah, try to be good to yourself. Mm-hmm. Take it uh, another step. It's obviously des- definitely changed your life. Um, and I, I know after my few experiences I've had, it's changed mine because it, it takes a while to kind of sink in, doesn't it? Afterwards, didn't it take a while to really process it? Well, I, I've been process, trying to process it most of my <laughs> life. You know, first of all, why me? And 
most of all right now, why am I sharing it? You know, I, I thought this was a very, and it still is a very sacred thing to me, very private to me. I, I, I still can't believe I even came out and said anything about this in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not in this for gain. I, I, if anything, I'm, if I can help somebody get to where they want to be, I'll help them wherever I can. And what kind of baseball did you play for? What teams did you I play for? Played, I just played college ball. High school nice. Ball. Nice. Yeah, we, we come from softball lives. Oh. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah, my one daughter <laughs> played. Days uh, are over. <laughs> yes, yes, our days are over. So you have to hope that your kids can enjoy it as well. <laughs> so you had all girls then? No, I have two boys. They're the oldest. They both went into extreme sports. They they like uh, snowboarding and and uh, mountain biking and and cliff climbing and they did the extreme sports. And then I have two girls that are younger and they're both active and and uh, good girls. Nice. Um, I think you're probably supposed to share it because. Things seem to change during COVID, I think. Um, I think our realization of life changed. It did. And it's probably pushed you to show that experience to others, to help heal others, because I think we all have worried about having that family member that you weren't be able to sit beside while they were dying or while they were recovering or... You know, it changed our lives the way people were being in hospices, not being able to go visit or long-term care facilities. And everything just changed in in the blink of an eye, basically. You know, I previously had an experience. My mother-in-law had just passed away. And she was in her 90s and sweet, sweet lady. And all three of her kids were able to be there. And I was one of them, as well as them being in the room. And, and it, was a, it was the sweetest feeling that anyone could have had. She was very coherent, paying attention to everything that was going on in the room. And all of a sudden looked up in the corner of the room and then passed away. And I knew that, I, I felt that feeling. I, mm-hmm. I felt it very vividly. And I told the three kids, I said, she's gone. I know that feeling. And, but yet it was a very sweet feeling. And I was, I was thrilled that, that uh, all of the kids were able to be there with her during that experience. Something that uh, I've never shared, Tina, is, and I. this is something else that really holds tight in my heart, is I was, I was given a gift. You know, I got, I, I got a gift to come back. Yeah. I get, I get to be with my wife now of 47 years, and. I get to see my kids grow up and I get to see my grandkids grow up. 
And I mean, I wouldn't have had that experience. In fact, I wouldn't even have met my youngest daughter because she wasn't even born yet. But I feel like I'm I'm the luckiest man there is to be able to, first of all, have a, a great wife. I mean, we've had 47 great years together. Now, have they been easy? <laughs> no. She's a woman. <laughs> I'm a man. So, you know, but we, but we, we work hard at it and we try to help each other wherever we can. Um, You know, when you're when you're talking about gifts, I see something that most people don't see in their lifetime. When I go to funerals, I actually get the, the opportunity to see people at their funerals. When they go into their funerals, I up in the upper right hand corner I see their I see them and it's not something that that is imaginary it's not imaginary it's 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 there it's it's real mm -hmm. and I don't know why that gift was given to me but I get to see their smiles as they look over their families and I think that they're happy they look happy and the last one, the funeral that I went to, I normally just see one person. This time I saw several people that were there. And I think it was there, might have been their family members that were there with them. Um, this is a, I don't know why this happens, but I, I feel like this is a gift. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't talk about this very much, but I'm, it's it's one of those things that I, I feel very fortunate. Well, it's funny because my cup today is, oh, ex <laughs> is exactly what you are. You're blessed. You're blessed to show a point. You're 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 blessed to have be given that opportunity to to really share with yourself as with others um it's it's beautiful beautiful story um do you think you would have grabbed that man's hand do you think yeah yes i was trying to grab it but he said you're not ready yet it's not your not yet your time you have more things you have to do that's no, beautiful and so you're living out still of those different things. Has there been any other instances where it's flashed back to you in certain cases? Hmm. Reminded? Yes. Flashback? No. But a little, a little voice reminding you. Well, myself, definitely reminding myself what I need to do. Yeah. Um, how do you think your kids feel about the story? You know, I can't, I can't tell you how they process it. You know, I can only tell you that 
it makes me feel good if I'm able to tell them about it. I'm, I'm hoping that what it does is it gives them maybe a little comfort knowing that uh, there's more to this life than, than being here. Uh, it really uh, put in my mind that there must have been something before we came here. There's definitely something while we're here, and there's definitely something after we're not here. Right. But you just haven't figured that part out yet. Well, I, I keep working on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, are there aliens? <laughs> you know, uh, we're, we're, we're not really sure. We're not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it could be maybe just people from the past, for all we know. Who knows? But. I'm not the scientific person, but I, I can feel your energy from, from that feeling because there's, I, I can't explain to listeners how beautiful, how warm and like, you don't even question yourself. Like if some stranger came and put their hand out, you would obviously question yourself. Do I go forward? Do I, grab their hand? Do I not grab their hand? Like, you literally do that, right? You just don't reach out and grab anybody's hand. But in that it's circumstance, it's just it's so serious. different, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just so peaceful and so welcoming and so touching and so warm and inviting. And I, I just don't have enough words to tell how it feels. I, I'm totally there with you on, on on that comfort it gives you to know that you're not alone and that there's people up there looking after you, I guess. Is that how you feel? Like there's other there people? I, I, there, there's no doubt in my mind that there are guardian angels that watch over us. And if we listen to them, you probably won't get in quite as much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just don't they just don't tell us the lottery numbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have other purposes for us. Yep. To be kinder people, to be going in a certain direction or whatever that looks like, right? Mm -hmm. Did you have any other final messages you'd like to tell the listeners about? your experience? Don't worry about what happened yesterday. What, what you worry about is what happens today, minute by minute. You just try to do better in this world. Well, you couldn't say that any better. <laughs> That's beautiful. You really need to be out there talking about this to helping people to be better. It's just, it's, it's the perfect time. It's, uh, I feel blessed to have you on. You feel, you feel blessed to, to have this opportunity in life, to have this experience that you were given. It's, uh, it was, it's beautiful. What a beautiful story. And, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I feel blessed for having you come on the show. Um, and it's hard to explain to anyone, isn't it? It's, it's, 
you can't explain it. Yeah. It's unexplainable. It's undescribable. Absolutely. It's real. Yeah. And unquestionable. That's what I find so unusual to myself is that you don't question it. It's, it's just the way it is. Right. Is that's the feeling. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's just so beautiful. Uh, listeners, I can't believe that we had this opportunity to share this with Scott today. Thank you, Scott. Thank you so very, very, thank you very, very much for coming on the show today. It's, it's been an awesome interview with you, Scott. I, I can't explain it. I hope everyone else has understood and believed and, and to have hope. I think that's that you can, you can make amends. You can make things better, right? In life, back. right? Back. <laughs> um, well, thank you, Scott, for coming on the show. I truly appreciate it. And you know, I, with all this excitement, I forgot to thank our German listeners, because one of our United States, Canada, Germany, and Ireland are one of our top listeners uh, for our show. So, meine deutsche Freunde sind unserem Podcast willkommen. Wenn Sie Kommentare haben, können Sie gern Fragen stellen. Feel free to ask us any questions. I'm sure Scott would be delighted to ask answer any questions as well. Also, danke für deine Freundschaft. Thank you for being here, listening. Um, prepare for the unexpected because you don't know what that might be, what that might look like. Um, Scott has told us uh, an experience that is unbelievable, but truthful. And uh, I don't even know what words to say. It's more than motivating, uh, inspiring. Um, I'm not really sure because there's so many depths to what you say, Scott, you know, to being present in the moment and then being looking over top of the situation as well. And then being put somewhere else to say, you're guided here. Do you want to come? You're not ready. You go sent back. That's basically the summary of your story. And it really truly is unbelievable because it's beautiful. And I want to thank you again for, for agreeing to come on our show. It's uh, amazing. <laughs> I think there's a lot of Germans in Utah, aren't there? Isn't that a big German? Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you're not sure? <laughs> I, I thought there was, but. <laughs> Bitte schön. <laughs> but thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it's all these German words. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming out. Please like, share, and subscribe down here in the corner so that you get notified about more of these different shows. Um, tap on that bell so you get notification as well, you know, because each week I interview real-life stories about real-life people, just like Scott, who you can't get any better story than that because it's a life-changing event that changed Scott and Connie's life forever. And it's a beautiful story for each and everyone to realize that um, it's precious. Life is precious. Um, and don't give away that day that you are so lucky to have 
with your loved ones. Um, I also talk about if there's someone that you're listening to the show right now that's in your mind about how much you love them, reach out and tell them today that you love them and how much you care because you don't know what tomorrow might bring. So, and I always end our podcast and our show with Carol Burnett. And I know who Scott knows who Carol Burnett is <laughs> because we're of that age group. Um, but what a beautiful comedian and a, a beautiful story, a beautiful lady. And I always end with Carol Burnett because she was beautiful. I'm so glad we had this time together just to have a laugh or sing a song. Seems we just get started. And before you know it, comes the time we have to say so long. So, so long, everyone. Thank you, Scott, for coming on board our show today. I, I really, really appreciate it. And thank you to your daughter who, who was able to help you get all this linked up. <laughs> Much appreciated. Um, so thank you, everybody. Stay safe. Wear a mask if you still have to. Get your vaccines if you're so inclined to have your life back to normal, some sort of normalcy again. Um, be kind. And until next time, lots of love. Bye.